So welcome to another episode of the Find Your Strong podcast. Um, I always say we have a treat in store, but that is always true. But today is an extra special juicy treat (laughs) with my very good friend and coach and client, Jude Turner. Welcome to the podcast, Jude. Hello. I'm excited to finally be on having um, (laughs) heard about it and worked on you with it for so long. So yeah, hello, everybody. Um yeah, quite tired because I've had a session this morning. So I'm um I've come home and eaten all the things. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Um, I like that little dig. Well, finally, I'm I'm excited to be on the podcast finally. <laughs> Bit passag. <laughs> well, the reason you know the reason I really wanted to talk to you. There's so many reasons, but I think this reason kind of really sticks out for me because we train together and have done for quite some time. And I remember at the very beginning of our training sessions that we had, <laughs> it took us a little bit of time to mm. work out our cues and to get <laughs> in sync in terms of, so I would sort of say to you to move your body in a certain way. And you would kind of look at me going, what the feck are you talking about? Yeah, and I then, just have a massive we, disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. And then we would talk maybe about, we'd tell a story. So eventually I realized that telling you a story, like, you know, you're standing in front of a tree and your bum is hitting the tree when you hinge or, you know, it's some a story really helped or something visual. Mm. And then over the last two years, you've kind of come to a re- realization that you may be on the spectrum and that you are definitely neurodiverse in some way and are currently waiting for an autism diagnosis. So I'd love you to just talk a little bit about that, Jude. Um, When you kind of first thought that maybe your brain is working slightly differently or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So just if you would sort of take us through that bit and then we'll talk to the movement and the cues part of it. Yeah. So I am a mum to um, an autistic teenager and he was diagnosed. I mean, he officially rubber stamped, if you like, when he was four. But we kind of knew something wasn't quite right. He wasn't hitting. I can't say the word developmental <laughs> milestones. You know, at one and at two. <laughs> thank you. Um, so we knew there was something up. Um, and when you as a parent enter that world, you have have to become the expert so um you have to fight for everything you have to learn everything and most parents have sent kids know way more than the experts so I knew it was genetic but I thought that that came from my husband's line <laughs> I thought no, it's definitely them it's not me um but I'm the I'm the one out of the pair of us who always felt different and um was you know the weird kid at school (laughs) whereas both my husband and my son are much more they're much better at blending in um but with women it's you're you're much more sociable and girls tend to mask and mimic other girls so it's just not as obvious because we don't sit around talking about trains or pokemon all day it's not as obvious Mm. um yeah what often happens to women I think particularly during their 40s or whenever they reach menopause is you start to look at your own identity generally the kids are bigger you sort of assess what you want in your life whether you want to stick with your partner whether you want to stick with your job it's a kind of time of change and there was just more and more kind of oh hold on I do that oh hold on um yeah that thing sorry the notification on my computer um yeah I do that is that oh 
And because it didn't look like it does for my son and it didn't look like how it does for my husband, I had thought that I was the, in inverted commas, normal one. Um, (laughs) But the more I research women and how it shows up, and apparently other people don't have a constant monologue in their head and other people don't go home and think for, you know, three hours about how they put their foot in it in a conversation, everyone probably hates them. And other people don't have this sort of, um hyper kind of focus so although mm. I have I have lots of special interests but they're not as obvious because it's not one thing like my son it's trains and he just lives breathes talks everything is trains whereas I have several and because mm-hmm. um, I don't talk about them like with my mates down the path <laughs> it's kind of like slips under the radar for um, a lot of women um so I went to my doctor I did all the online tests, which all were like, definitely, definitely. And then I went to the doctor and he was like, yeah, I think so. Put me on a waiting list, which is I've been on for years and years and years. So I'm currently exploring a private diagnosis or deciding whether to spend that money. Um, So it's a weird kind of limbo time. You, you're t- you were sort of mentioning that women at this stage of midlife. I yeah. still I struggle to say midlife because I don't believe that I'm anywhere near midlife. <laughs> I'm only I'm only forty seven for goodness yeah, sake. Live, um, hundred, uh-huh. <laughs> I know. So, um, but I think there's a. Correct me if I'm wrong here. There's as we hit midlife, often is the case that things ramp up. So perhaps we could mask for many many years, but all yeah. of a sudden. We just, there's just too much going on. There's just, and often we, you know, we have teenage children or we have ailing parents or we have money crises, we have job situations and, you know, we could have masked it for many years, but there's a, there comes a time, hormone fluctuations, like, can we forget about that? You know, there comes a time when we just can't anymore. Yeah. Do you feel that that resonates too? Yeah, I feel it's weird I've always been like super driven and you know really academic and like high flyer and that's how I that's like my identity and my body Mm. was kind of telling me I just can't I literally it's just like I just can't I feel absolutely exhausted and all of my normal kind of coping mechanisms of come on have a wash pull yourself together they're just not working um Mm. I think it is partly that but also I think it's because my son um you know is nearly 14 I think he's become so much more independent I've actually got a bit of space and time for me and I think that is what is really the crux Ah. why I started to look at myself it's like my body went well we're all right now we've got a bit of we've got a bit of space for us space for us who are we what's going on and then everything just kind of vomited out for want of a not very pretty analogy that's what it feels like um that's really friends. interesting that's really interesting I hadn't mm. thought of it from that perspective because you as your children like, mother. yeah as your children kind of need you a little bit less they need you obviously in very different ways but yeah. you have more actual physical space don't you and yeah. you have more time um depending on obviously your situation but yeah. um I never thought of it like that's really interesting that you've got that time to think about who you are and and you know when your your children are young, you just have to keep going somehow. Exactly, um, and, I and you don't have people, that time. 
so I should mention as well, I'm really sorry to interrupt you. That's a very um, autistic thing of not knowing and not being very good with cues of when it's your turn to speak. So apologies, <laughs> really terrible <laughs> at that. It really pisses some people off. Um, but I can't yeah. control that. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I've completely forgot what I was going to say now. Um, right. So um, you and I are a good combo because I talk at tangents <laughs> and I have a popcorn brain. So... <laughs> so you'll be talking about something and I'm like wow that reminds me of this over here and then you're like well, well, hold on you've broken no, my train of thought Christy no well it, I mean I'm so, sorry it's fine it, it's fine you know we I think we've always got on because I've um I always thought I was slightly different I'm sure most people agree with that but I didn't fit in and that, there's that sort of term like fitting in you know you want to belong yeah. and not fit and things are different now certainly and you know, as there's so many women that are in their 40s that I that I know, I'm currently waiting for ADHD diagnosis. I'm not convinced that that will be, um, that will happen. But you know, there's so many women that hit this phase of life that suddenly think, hold on, I don't feel the same, or I don't, something doesn't quite fit, or I just, you know, and it's it's almost like that diagnosis would help you make sense of. Why? Yeah, so this, this came up at, um, at my recent um, event, which is like for women who are like neuro curious of is it hormones? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is my brain different? And all of those kind of things is, well, hold on. Like, you know, we're both 47. I've got to this point in my life. Why does it matter? Why, in my case, it was like, you know, it's a it's a couple of grand to have an autism um, assessment. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, do I really need to spend that money? And also, obviously, this possibility they could say no. I've had a psychologist, mm. um, you know, diagnose me as being neurodiverse, but they they don't, you know, you have to go into the next stage to get a kind of what kind sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well, my, my husband pointed out, it's not going to make any difference to your job. You work for yourself. You don't need allowances mm. made for you in the workplace. You've got friends that, you know, you've had for a really long while. Why do you need it? But I think it's those unanswered questions. For me, it really matters to me for loads of things from my childhood and how I react to people and all kinds of things that I'm not saying I will suddenly be like, hooray, I know. And um, again, we talked about my event is like you don't get apparently you don't get a certificate, a medal, nothing. So it's not like you're going to suddenly be like, oh, I'm in the gang. But I think yeah. it's a process to go through is like if you get a diagnosis, you've got to then go through all of that. And how does it feel to have an answer? So I think it's in, it's pretty individual, but I can't quite, um, like you know, self-advocate. A lot of people say, OK, I believe I'm autistic, so I identify mm-hmm. as an autistic woman and that's that. But I don't know if it's because I'm a parent of someone who's autistic. It feels like, for me... I'm not judging anyone who can do that. I wish I could. It would save me a couple of thousand pounds. But I don't feel I can say I am without a professional telling me I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that for me, but it's it's really individual. That's, I mean, it's I, I just find it really interesting because let's go back to let's go back in my little brain. We're gonna go back to movement. Yeah. And how we started working together. Um, I mean, I Obviously, we got on from the outset and I just I loved working with you because your enthusiasm, your enthusiasm for building strength was beyond. and I loved it. So you like to lift heavy things, Jude. And that makes me so happy. 
I who knew though I didn't know I loved to lift heavy shit I just thought I'm getting on a bit I want to give myself the best <laughs> like fighting chance of longevity particularly yeah. for my, my child I don't know what his adult life is going to look like and I want to be able to mm. you know get up off the floor if my husband's on a night shift I don't want to you know be um you know pass out on the floor and my cat's trying to eat my eyes or something like that I want to be able to have that movement um yeah. so that's why I did it but I've always hated exercise um other mm-hmm. than you know, like dancing like aerobic dancing isn't really exercise in my mind so it was a oh god I better go and I'll go and see Christine because I know her and let's see but I had no idea that I was going to fall in love with um lifting heavy shit or how powerful that is mentally and physically it's changed my it it really helps my mental health it really does it makes such a difference to my day um and you know you you really do listen to me and it's appreciated you remember (laughs) what I tell you and you it's really lovely I remember maybe this is an autistic thing, but I remember being told this by a physio. Um, I was having physio for years after an accident, and they were like, "You did the exercise that we told you to." And I was like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> you told me to do that." You said to get better, you have to do this, so I did it. And it's that kind of, um, you know, sort of studious boffin part of me that's like, "Okay, I want to be good at this. I must be the best at this. I will do all of the things." So I'm always surprised that you're like, "Oh, you listen to me." Um, no, it just it is a lovely thing because it's it's really you you know I'll, I'll sort of explain something to you and when you get it you're like that's it for life now. So you, you do the tap thing, you yeah, the, the tap, tap thing. thing. <laughs> because when we lift arms above our head, because especially as I have really hyperdextrous hands and so my hands really bendy, so I often lean back. So Christine always puts put your hand level straight when your hands through the kettlebell, and to make sure if you tap your cheek then you'll know so it's not it's not leaning back absolutely you know your hands in the right position if you can tap your cheek and I do it every time and she always laughs going oh look at you tapping your cheek you've listened to me (laughs) but creative with me (laughs) but this is this is what I find so we wanted to talk a little bit to interoception and you know Mm. and body awareness and yeah certain cues and signals and in terms of your actual body awareness at the beginning it was in certain areas really limited which is not now and you you know I've absolutely seen how you've kind of grown in that area and you're now very aware of your spine you can segment the spine it's absolutely beautiful you you know you're very much aware of where your body is in space but that has taken quite a lot of work on your It has. And I still have to think about it. Like I think today, you know, you gave me something to do and you're like, yeah, lift that and move that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Just got to get my brain to catch up Yeah, and then I'll be fine. And sure enough, you know, just give me a minute. It takes longer for um, autistic people to process instructions. That's another reason why I think that sometimes happens. And it also really Mm -hmm. helps when you make me do a thing like you're going to be using your thighs or you're going to be using your bum and that we rub them to make like that connection between body and brain of this is the bit that is going to need to be involved I found that super helpful that Mm. really sits but I don't even know like my left and my right I mean I really do probably why I failed my driving test like a million times like I literally have to go like right with my hand so that makes obviously move your right what um hold on right 
um the arm not the, so there's a lot of kind of things to go through but i do have a really visual brain as, as chrissy mentioned so we've had to find various ways i'll just be looking blankly going i've no idea what you're asking me she'll be like you know just move your hip around in a circle and i'll be like no no i don't understand then she's like okay imagine you've got a big barrel around you we tried hula hoop that didn't work um imagine there's a barrel and you are (laughs) scraping it with your bum and you're scraping out the contents of uh, there's a lot of bum (laughs) they're quite gross but there's a lot of bum there's a lot lot of bum bum. i have a lot of bum use a lot of bum (laughs) but that worked i was like okay because i can i literally picture a big wooden barrel it's what that. did we do for the halo? So we were doing oh, a yeah. halo. You were, you know, in your your Catholic upbringing, you were doing a proper little angel yeah, halo. Did. Yeah, we had a, a, a kettlebell, just like do a halo. So yeah, Catholic upbringing, laps Catholic upbringing. I pictured a halo like above your head, like a saint. Yeah. Um, whereas Chrissy meant more like the well, the emoji, I guess, like that it goes yeah. around your forehead. Whereas I planet like. What was it? Saturn. Saturn. That worked. I was like, oh, right. You mean like this? And then I did it perfectly. And she's like, why couldn't you do that when I said a halo? And I was like, because a halo's up here. So we have a lot of those kind of things where she's like, what? And the one, the reason when I started to get hinged and getting my bum in the right place was imagine you were shutting a kitchen door with your bum. Got it instantly. I love that too. Got it instantly. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She's like, Yes, yeah. she spent weeks and weeks going, no, try again like this. And I'm like, no, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but so do you see, I actually, <laughs> but I think in, you know, in these situations, this is where weights come in really handy because mm-hmm. when you were holding heavy weights, you have that feedback from your body, don't oh, you? We've discovered this you too, feel, the, okay, the better. Okay, so this arm, yeah, this arm is feeling like closer to the ground, so I need to move. So you get that feedback that you yeah, might not I don't get from feel like how wonky I am without the weights. Like some days my shoulder can literally be like a good hand above the other one. And I cannot, I'm just looking in, in the camera, I'm wonky now. <laughs> well, we're all wonky, dude. Yeah, but it's that I can The human body is not symmetrical. It's all right. <laughs> so I but, um, in when Arthur was little, which was exactly about that, is that what's that word you use? I can't say it. Right. Pro set. Where your body is in so proprioception. Proprioception. Yeah, that word. Mm-hmm. And again, it's really common for neurodiverse people generally to not know where their body is in space. So the best example this guy was running, of course, Arthur was about six. So I was kind of just all this information to take in. But I remember this bit. And he was saying, if you're sitting like now, if you guys are listening, maybe you're sitting on a chair, you are aware, if you think about it, right, I can feel my bum on the chair, I can feel my feet on the floor, I know where my arms are. It doesn't feel like that to an autistic person. It doesn't feel like that at all. You aren't aware of that. So when you put your arm out, you aren't aware of how, like, where your hand is in space. You're, it doesn't feel connected. Do you have that song, your hip bones connected to you? Yeah, bone. yeah. It doesn't feel like that. It just feels like you take up some space. You're aware you take up a space in the world, like your atoms or whatever, but not specifically, which then often leads to you being a little bit clumsy and a little bit disconnected. So I couldn't feel things for a while until I did this like work with Christine. Obviously, I can feel if I fall over, but I can't yeah. feel 
I can't feel if I'm doing something right or I can't feel, well, just move your hip like that. And I, I'm like, well, I have to think firstly, where's yeah. my hip? And it's like, I know where my hip is roughly, but to actually know where it is in space to then process, I've got to move it to the right, which way's right. There's so much <laughs> to get through before I get to the point of actually moving. <laughs> so it's... Um, and when, you know... And that's the joy, the joy of strength training also is that, you know, you've got your basic fundamental movements that we do yeah. regularly because that's how we progress. And those, once you get those in your head, you are yeah. golden. So, you know, like once the sumo, headlift. Yeah. The, the single arm press. Took, though, to get from knowing what a squat was, the difference between like a squat and a hinge. For ages, you'd be like, yeah. no, you know, flat back with that one. No, I can't even remember. I think it was the bum back door thing or show your bum to the world. We had to literally go, okay, what bit isn't <laughs> working? Why aren't you in? You can do these, but when I tell you to do them, you go, well, which one is it? And, and also, so we, have, we talk about the, you need to see. When you're doing certain movements, you need to see, you need a focal point, you need that gaze yes. stabilization, which, yes. you know, actually it's very helpful for a lot of people. But you in, in particular will really struggle if you can't, if your oh, eye line is right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've done loads of work with me showing me how that works anyway. But I've found that, yeah, if I have a point of focus, literally, you know, looking at a picture of one of Christine's daughters on the mantelpiece or when we were outside, it's <laughs> like, oh, that that window frame there the center of that window frame or looking at a boat on the sea if we're on the beach I have to look at something and it makes it's weird how much difference it it makes like the focus completely changes I think my brain gets very well as you know if a dog walks past or a baby walks past that's it I'm gone I'm distracted I'm like oh I know, that is hilarious like, concentrate hello stop looking at the baby it's a baby or dog or occasionally cat that I can't listen anymore because those things are way more interesting to me no offense (laughs) well you know talking also about strength and what it's really done in terms of your confidence this is something you know when when we started working together obviously my message is about women taking up space and on dieting on dieting um so I don't you know I don't pursue aesthetic goals with clients yeah obviously if you build muscle and you want to celebrate the fact that whoa the guns are looking good that's that is absolutely fantastic but we are not here with a an aesthetic goal in mind we're here to build strength to feel better to move better to take up space well, I found and that is something that you really got on board with you were yeah I mean I haven't really I haven't really ever particularly worried about like what I look like um, in terms of weight. I've never been particularly bothered by that, but I think everyone has phases where they do. Um, But what I did notice was the difference of how I felt. Like say when I put on a a swimming costume year before last, I remember saying to Christine, oh my God, I feel incredible in a swimming costume. Now that's not because I've got these hypothetical long lean muscles. I mean, I have got like dents and stuff now that I didn't have and and stuff like that but I've still got you know a big bum big thighs who cares because it's I don't care because it's this newfound appreciation of what your body mm. can do you know, like after you've given birth you're kind of like wow my body did that wow. and then immediately the media mm-hmm. gets you on and what do you look like what do you look like if we just concentrate on the amazing things our body can do also my body mm. felt 
had let me down. I had severe endometriosis. I had a hysterectomy in my 30s. So I had loads of like sort of resentment really towards my body. You know, I can't have another child. I can't do this. I'm left in a lot of pain. So what was really lovely was to turn that on its head and appreciate what it can do and it isn't completely useless and has let me down. So I think that is a big part of um, the work we did together. But you also were saying things about your, from your core perspective, you felt stronger inside. You yes. kept saying about inside. You felt, yeah. I love that. I, yeah, love I feel that, like that, that now that. because we had the session this morning, I'm all tight inside. So in your head, I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter. But in my head, I feel that if I went to the mirror, I would look like I was on Baywatch. And I don't want to look like I'm on Baywatch. But that's how it feels. The inside feels all hard and strong and amazing. So then the rest Mm -hmm. just doesn't really matter. I've just been showing my husband the... um, (laughs) <laughs> the plank walking the crawl the bear I've crawl I've just been walk, doing yeah. that for him in the lounge he didn't look that impressed but um yeah, so you show him the bum, the bum shuffle the little bum shuffle no That's I didn't do the bum shuffle no I mentioned before we came on that just quickly following on from that not knowing where you are in space there's another sort of named condition called dyspraxia which you can have on its own but generally it sort of goes it coincides with being on the spectrum in some way or having people with ADHD are often dyspraxic people who have Tourette's might be dyspraxic people who have dyslexia might be dyspraxic it's just you know your brain is neurodiverse so it's almost like collect one you'll probably get another one free and that dyspraxia happens in a lot of autistic people and they struggle with exercise not just placing your body in space like I've talked about but yeah. to follow instructions so you know at school where you're like okay we're going to play netball and you're going to go there and you're going to do this and you're like it's too much I can't process the instructions quick enough um, I don't really know what I'm doing other people are there that makes it more complicated as someone on the spectrum so there's so many other things which then I think often leads to a slight hatred of exercise or you go the other way and you're just like a solitary gym bunny because you can't do the interacting you know with other people and do you do you look back in those experiences differently now that you've got this awareness that you are probably a yeah I always I mean I do a bit like on art I had an art teacher tell me I was used to so I never drew again <laughs> but with mm-hmm. exercise my sister's really sporty she's disabled but she's really sporty and the, the PE teacher just used to say to me oh this isn't really your game either is it Jude maybe we'll find a sport one day but you know you're not like your sister are you and it was just kind of almost feeding into this stereotype of this you know bookish girl who Mm. is just no good at exercise but you know maybe that's because I don't you know running around a field isn't my thing it doesn't mean there was nothing but you don't hear about this stuff when you're a kid do you well maybe you do now I hope you do now I think, you know, I think things have changed slightly in schools. Mm-hmm. That's certainly the impression I get from my girls. And yeah. um, there's not that shaming that there used to be. Um, well, you know, every school is different, obviously, and the teachers are doing oh, such a was, good job. A bit like St. Trinian's, though, you know, we were attacking each other with hockey sticks. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that really, the idea if somebody tells you, oh, you're not, oh, sport's not for you, is it? That can that sit is. with you. That throughout your life and that's you know that's an ingrained belief that's who that's the belief you have about yourself that that, yeah, and that would put totally you trying something yeah and the only things I ever 
tried really were like I said like you know sort of 80s aerobic Zumba I did do yoga for a bit because a friend of mine made me but she made she kind of shamed me for my unflexibleness which turns out I do have if in the right hands of course Dean um (laughs) but that put me off you know that so it's really unless I was doing something involved just sweating and jumping around you know to 80s music I couldn't do anything and then as I got these you know gyne issues my pelvic floor and my vast amount of ovary pain meant those were off limits so then it's like well what am I left with nothing really swimming maybe but you know I just dick around the um, the sauna really I don't really swim I love the sauna. Um, I'd love to ask you, I'm trying to keep these these episodes like under half an hour and that's never going to happen, is it? Not ever. Uh, um, you, know, you can edit out some of the crap I've said. <laughs> no, no, that's not how I roll. Um, I'd like to talk about joyful movement because mm. this is an interesting one. I said that to a previous guest and she was like, oh, joyful movement, for God's sake. Okay. Um, I, I, underst- I understood that. I do understand that because... I think joyful movement, it's it's another thing, you know, it can be aligned with or it can be set up with that toxic positivity on on so um, the pressure to re- the, the pressure to make to have fun, you mean? Yeah, I've got you don't you know, why does movement have to be joyful? It's so beneficial to us. Yeah. That actually, if you just if you do your movement and you get through it and you make it as comfortable for yourself as you can, that why does it have to be joyful? But I see it as the basics. I want to do things like handstands and I want to do weird stuff. You know, I want to climb up poles, you know, you know that. (laughs) But in order to do that at my young age, I need to have the basics. I need to have the foundation to support my joints. So for me to access the joy, I do need to take care of the joints. Yeah, so it's like a gateway to the joy. It's the gateway, but I always I don't like these sort of saccharine phrases particularly. So I can yeah. understand your um last guest saying that. It's almost like, yeah, in mm-hmm. a bit false positivity. But I guess it's exactly it, it to me it almost feels like it's it they maybe gone a bit too far with it, but like it's the antithesis to this idea that you must suffer. You know, like how you yes. must similar to what I do with people, um, which is you know, like, oh, you must suffer, you must work 40 hours at your desk the whole time to be successful which is actually just a, a you know patriarchy built model and I think it's the yeah. same with exercise you must go and you must suffer you must come away feeling like you're absolutely spent or you didn't do it enough whereas I know you've said to me when I've showed up and been like I'm just exhausted today and you'd be like well let's just do something more gentle then rather than no get yeah. down give me 20 <laughs> it's just like yeah. no we listen but I think I mean, I enjoy the challenge, so I find that joyful in itself. But also, I know how amazing I'm going to feel afterwards. Yes, but for me, that for me is definitely that building on it that I really I I respond to that in most things in life. Though it's like have a goal, set it; have a goal, set it; smash it. That kind of thing. Sorry, my daughter always. Um, (laughs) My my son. Um, I see it as for me, I find things joyful, which may not be joyful in the moment. So exactly what you're saying. If I hmm. go, I don't really want to go for a run, but I know I'll feel great afterwards. Exactly that. So it's not necessarily joyful in the moment, because I think there's a, a wellness perfectionism that you feel. If it's not joyful, then I'm not doing that right. And then let's beat ourselves up a little bit more. Another thing, and yeah. I, Although I must say, I'm always joyful when I'm on my way to you. I never like, oh, fuck, I've got to do an exercise. I genuinely 
especially now we're kind of back at the beginning of the week. I love starting my week like that. I love the track. Yeah. You're like the transition for me into my week from the weekend because that's another thing us neurodiverse people struggle with is the change. So weekend and, to week yeah. is different. It's change. My structure back. Yeah. I do this. Yeah. I do this thing. I feel great. I genuinely you know, look forward to that. Yeah. And I think, you know, in terms of strength, for me, it is joyful. I love lifting heavy weights and feeling strong, but I never want somebody to be put off if they don't immediately find the joy. The joy might come or you might get to a point where you're neutral about it and then you're able to do the thing. Yeah, you I don't enjoy. think when you're first like doing a plank and you're sitting there with a timer, I can't remember feeling any joy in that moment. I just feel burning. You love it. Pain. <laughs> burning pain but I've learned to love that pain <laughs> yeah and I, you I, absolutely, love <laughs> I, I love what you said about and you know maybe it is the pendulum swinging from that punishment exercise is punishment and we need to burn off what we eat to exercise is joy and maybe it needs to go there Jude maybe we need to find that joy and we have to yeah. see it yeah yeah and then we'll come back to I think so I think like- now, I was just going to say it's similar to in the coaching world. The, you know, you manifest everything or you work yourself to death. It's like, well, you can't do nothing, but you don't need to work yeah. yourself to death. <laughs> you can't just sit there going, I'm manifesting my life. But yeah. I think it's the same with exercise. You can't expect to have a, a well-functioning body if you never move it. But that doesn't yeah. mean you need to move it when you're feeling absolutely terrible. Exactly. So it's that we're, the magic of the messy middle. That's yeah. what I like. I love That's a bit it. of a messy middle. That sounds so messy weird. middle. <laughs> and and I do before I keep talking until uh, <laughs> this while. evening. And um, please tell us. Now I have worked with you for many times, and I have to say to anybody that's listening, I worked with you during COVID when mm. my husband was out of work, and I had a job which at that time was a very minimal income. So that's you know, so I was fun. teaching a few classes. And I decided to take the risk and jump in and went all in with Jude because I just got such a good feeling from you. Um, And, it, you know, we have worked together and my business has grown exponentially. And I have you to thank for all of that, instilling that belief in me. Um, And so I'd love to know what you have next. What is next for you, Jude? And where can people find you? Where do you hang out? I mainly hang out on the gram. I mean, I'm trying Ah. I'm trying to get on board with LinkedIn, but um, I just don't like it over there. I'm trying, but it's all, it's a lot politer. I feel I have to take out some of the swears. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you mainly find me on, on Instagram, um, do turn a creative everywhere. Um, and I do work with a lot of creative people, but not exclusively. And that doesn't mean if you're in the fitness world that you aren't creative, it's creative thinking, it's planning, it. It's not literally, are you an artist? It's not that. And what I mainly do for people is help them untangle their ideas because, you know, Christine's putting it all on me, but obviously A, she did the hard work, but B, she had that, you know, the initiative and the ideas in there. It's just like birthing them, if you will. And I'm good at seeing a plan and then working backwards and helping you have steps, holding you accountable, but in a sort of supportive way. Again, not the equivalent of Christine, not going get down and give me 14 Instagram posts. It's just about finding a way that works for you because hustling isn't for everyone. And, Mm. you know, 
going live on camera isn't for everyone posting isn't for everyone you've just got to find something that works for you and that you'll you'll stick to it and I've got a really strong track record of helping mainly women but not exclusively um yeah that's it really creative and neurodivergent people are my bag because I understand their brains um so if you're feeling a little bit chaotic a little bit all over the shop and you're just like an outside pair of eyes on your business I've got free 20 minute coaching calls if you just want to try out what I'm like or head to my wow I, I might just book one in no, you're not allowed. You've been my client for years. <laughs> you can't have a, a free one. <laughs> but I'd, I would highly recommend you to anybody who's listening, if they just, you know, if they're an entrepreneur, if they are needing a little bit of help to get their message together and, and get cohesion in their business. But Jude, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you. We have gone, we have jumped all over the place. As usual. As usual. <laughs> you should see us doing a clock, doing our sessions together. <laughs> today I was still in her house I was still lifting things going oh cat I mean it's just beautiful, beautiful messy chaos exactly um, it's that messy and complicated and showing up anyway that's what we're doing exactly. but um lots of love to you and thank you for joining me and I will have to have you back on so part two watch out <laughs> you are welcome see you soon bye